Heavenly Father, we are very grateful and thankful that you have given us life this morning. Thank you that you have each student, parent, visitor here this day, this time, that probably will never be this same exact group again. And so you have a message for them. You have a message that I believe will encourage and help give clarity. And I just really pray that your spirit would move through each pew, each chair, each person's heart, and help us to really grasp this, this concept from your word. And Father, I pray for your power as I preach. I pray for clarity. I pray that I would have the right thinking. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in thy sight. Help me to remember everything I need to remember, God. And if there's anything I need to forget, help me to forget. And I just pray that your spirit would help us to hear from you today. Be with Dr. Beale and his wife as they come back. Give them safety and travel. And uh, just thank you, God, for this opportunity. We ask these things in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to need help from four students. I need two females and two males. So if you could come on front, come down front here for a second. Two males and two females. Get them a round of applause as they come up. They are brave. They are brave. All right, if the two guys can come this way. Okay, so let me, okay, let me try this. Okay, Josiah. Okay, got Josiah. All right, Caroline. Okay. Okay, you just told me your name, but I, I keep thinking about Sarah Wiles. Sarah Styles. So your name is Sarah Styles. Oh, I got Sarah. Okay. And you told me your name. Is it? It's not Sean. No? What's it start with? E. I forgot. Eli. Eli, 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 Eli. Okay, all right. All right. Give him another round of applause. Give him another round of applause. Three out of four. All right. So. I want you to kind of imagine if we were going to have an all-you-can-eat competition. Okay? All-you-can-eat competition. Now, now, I will do this. So let's say, let's say for sake of this illustration, for sake of this illustration, it was Eli against Josiah. Now, I would, I would be kind enough to do this. I would be kind enough to do this. I would say, Eli, you have six items up here. You have salt, you have flour, you have eggs, you have honey, you have sugar, and you have Reese's. And for sake of the illustration, I say you will have to eat all of whatever is up here, but you get to choose which one of these items you will eat. Which item would you choose? The eggs. The eggs. Okay? All right. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Eli, go have a seat right there. Charlie, Charlie, come on up, please. He is not going to ruin my illustration. <laughs> so with that in mind, Charlie, out of these six things, which one would you say, I want to eat all of it? Mm, the Reese's. The Reese's, all right. 
All right? Josiah, even though he said Reese's, you can have anything. It was a competition and you had to eat everything. Remember what just happened to Eli. Which one of these six things would you eat? I, because I have allergies to almost all of them. Okay. Okay. Not how I had it planned when I was driving. But, but, but you said, but, but he did say, the, which one did you say? Uh, honey. He would eat the honey, all right? So it would be a competition to see who could eat the Reese's or the honey first. Okay? Good. All right. Sarah and Caroline. With that being said, if I had a competition of just the ladies, just the ladies, and you had to pick between the flour, the salt, the eggs, the honey, the sugar, or the Reese's, Let's start with you, Sarah. Which one would you pick to eat all of? The chocolate hands down. The chocolate hands down. <laughs> all right. Caroline, which one would you choose? The Reese's. The Reese's. Give them a round of applause. <laughs> and let's give Eli a mean look. <laughs> Thank you. Y'all may be seated. Give him another round of applause. All right, note to self, note to self, always remember these things. I believe if I were to ask everyone in here besides Eli, <laughs> you would probably pick either the honey, not so much, but maybe the sugar, maybe you just really got a sweet tooth, like that's a sweet mouth, that's not even a sweet tooth. <laughs> But most of you would probably pick either the honey or the chocolate, the Reese's bar, okay? <coughs> most of you. Most of you. And that is true not just in food. That is true in life. We want the sweet things. We want the things that make us feel good, that taste good. That's what we want. We don't want the eggs, <laughs> the flour, and the salt. We want the sweet things. I'm going to preach a message today, and I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans. You've probably heard this verse before, so it may be a reminder for some of you but allow the word of God to speak to our hearts today. Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8. If there is any kind of demerit system that I can give him demerits, okay. <laughs> in Romans chapter number 8, first of all, let's, let's look at Romans chapter 1. Keep your finger in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. The Bible says, in verse 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. So Paul is the person that God used to pen Romans. In verse 7, he says, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from, from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we recognize that these are Christians. So we have Paul speaking to Christians. And then he goes on and, and he goes to chapter, now we go to chapter number 8, but I want you to notice verse 18, chapter 8 and verse 18. 
The Bible says, the word of God says, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that sh- which shall be revealed in us. So whether the church in Rome had trials and testings, or whether he was just saying that you will experience trials and testings, somewhere along the line, Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write this verse 18 to say that I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So somewhere along the line, Paul thought it necessary under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to say, expect suffering. But you can't compare the suffering to what you're going to get in heaven. So we got the context there, but we're going to basically look and preach from verse 28. And it says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. If you want to title this message, you could title it, All Things Work Together. All things work together. We're basically, I'm going to be very simple today. We're going to look at three points. All things. Point two, work together. Point three, say it with me, for good. All things work together for good. So point number one, all things. Paul starts verse number 28 and he says, and we know. That means to perceive, to have knowledge, to understand. Paul is saying to the church in Rome, he's saying, listen, folks, These are things we already know. But I began to think, I said, sometimes we are told things that we already know because we need to be reminded of what we know. We know we should exercise. We know we should eat right. We know we should drink water. We know we should be a witness. We know we should memorize scripture. We know these things, but Paul says, I believe in this context, he's saying sometimes we already know it, but we need to be reminded of it. And so I'm not going to take for granted, I understand that some of you may recognize this, some of you are here today and you just recently got saved and your pastor said, go to ambassador. And some of you grew up in church and your pastor said, go to ambassador. But here's the point, whether you're a newborn Christian or whether you're a seasoned saint, we sometimes need to be reminded of some truth from God's word. And Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said this. And we know. Here's here's what we understand. Here's what we know. Point one. All things. All things. Just like the majority of us we would have picked the honey or the Reese's. The majority of us look at life and the time that you had, which I thought was precious, the time that you had to come up here and give a testimony, I believe most of us would say, praise God. Amen. God led, God used me to lead someone to Christ. David. God used me to 
to, to God use his word to, to reveal a truth to me or to reveal his direction for me or to answer a question that I had. Man, that is so sweet. The Bible says, uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Those times when God is good to us, those times when he answers our prayer. I, I wrote a couple of things down. The time God parted the Red Sea. Could you imagine being there, walking around, and, and, and I can't remember which preacher said this, some little child with their finger while the walls are standing up, some little child with their finger just going through the water. Just, you know, just, just looking at the fish, poking the fish. Imagine being there watching that happen and just sitting back and saying, this is God. Woo! When David killed Goliath, everyone out scared, and David said, what y'all scared for? That's the Hebrew translation. He said, what y'all scared for? And David got that sling, and I believe David had way more faith then he had fail. And he took that and he, he swung that, that rock and it hit right there. And, the, and the, the giant fell all the way back. And I believe back then, I think we, we, we see it now in sports, but I believe back then, that's when David and, his, and, and the other soldiers, they were like, they were doing all of this and they were running around. Right? And, and, and they were all excited and, and then David... Sorry, sorry for those who might be a little gross, but he chopped Goliath's head off, and I believe he held it up. I believe he spiked it. I believe he spinned it like a football. I believe he threw it. I believe he did all of that. Because David knew this. That was God. That was a sweet time. That was a time. What, what about when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace? And they're walking around their fiery furnace and, 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 and they said, hold up, I see four. The presence of God was with them in the fire and they didn't even smell like smoke. Oh, that's the Reese's. That's the honey. Think about your life. Think about those times when God answered that prayer and you knew it was God. When God provided for you for school, when God allowed you to, to be accepted into the school, and maybe some of you are here, and you made the decision, and you had like two days to do it, and you made the decision and got here in 48 hours, and God worked it all out. Maybe there was a loved one that you sat by their bedside, and you prayed for God to heal them, and today they are healed. You say, preacher, is that all things? No. See, all things is not just the Reese's and the honey and the sugar. All things is the flour, the eggs, and the salt. It's all of it. I think about Joseph being sold into slavery by his own brothers. I think about Job one messenger comes, all your cattle's gone. Another messenger comes, all the rest of your cattle's gone. Another messenger comes. And, and if you read that in, in chapter 1 or chapter 2, I can't remember which one, 1 or 2, it says, and while he was yet speaking, while the person came with the bad news, it's almost as if you were on a phone call and you're getting bad news and you say, hold, hold on, hold on, I got another call coming through and it was more bad news. And then, 
Now you got two people, hold on, hold on. And you got more bad news. And then he found out all of his children died. And then Satan said, well, that, well let me do a little bit more. And he took all of his health. And he, and, and he had nothing left. That's in the Bible too. Think about Paul being beaten, thrown into prison. Why? Because he hurt somebody? Because he, he murdered somebody? Because he was a guilty criminal? No, because he preached God's word. I think of Fanny Crosby, who had an eye condition, and they went to a doctor, and the doctor gave the wrong prescription, and she ended up blind. I think of the missionaries that went to Ecuador to give the gospel. They were killed. And so I want you to think about the flour, salt, and eggs times in your life. That time you had to stay home for a semester because the money didn't come through. The time you sat by someone's bedside only to eventually stand by their graveside. The time that parent promised to see you and never came. And at 18, 19, 20, 21 years of age, you still see yourself as a little child standing by the window hoping your parent would come pick you up and they never did. That's the sour time. That's the bad tasting time. See, all things doesn't mean all good things. All means all. And that's all, all means. Every single thing in your life. Point number one, all things. Say it with me. All things. Say it again. Point number two, worketh together. Say it with me. Say it again. Here's the thing how it works. None of us wants to eat the flour by itself. That would be horrible. That would taste atrocious. None of us wants to eat the salt by itself. That's, eh. Most of us would not want to eat the eggs by itself. But the thing about life is this, and here's what this verse is saying. If you take some salt and you put it in and you take some flour, some bad tasting flour and you put it in and you take an egg. Okay, you got one somewhere. Put that in. And you take some honey. And you put that in. And you take some sugar. Put that in. And you take the Reese's and you put that in your pocket. (laughs) Here's what the word worketh together means. It's like two guys coming and lifting up this table and carrying it over to the side or bringing it back. It's all two guys working together in tandem, 
united. It's not one guy lifting it and dragging it while the other guy is lifting it and dragging it. It's both guys lifting it up together and taking it off to the side. So what happens in life is this. All things, the good and the bad, works together. And God is working all of these things out in your life. And God is working and working and working and working. And he gives you times of great rejoicing. He gives you times when you could stand in front of people and and probably you're afraid to speak in public. But God has been so good to you, you have to stand and say something about his goodness. And you stand here and you say, well, God's been working this out. And then there are some times where you cry yourself to sleep to where you didn't even know you had that many tears. God takes both of those times and he's working it together. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you read or heard of a miracle that God performed that didn't start with a problem? Say, well, what does that mean? He took a problem, he took a miracle, and worked it together. And some of you right now want to quit. And some of you right now feel all alone and you say, I can't believe it. It's as if God has left me. I'm here in this trial. I'm here in this problem. And nobody can understand. Nobody cares. And here's the point. You don't see the result yet because God's still working it together. Don't give up while he's still working. He's still preparing something great. All things work together. So point number one. All things. Point number two. Point number three. So at the end of the day, when you put all of these things together, You can create something that people eat. And most of you like (laughs) ding-dongs. But do you know that ding-dongs and apple cobbler and brownies and ice cream, do you know if you were to take some of the ingredients out by themselves, you would never eat it? But the product of all that works together, you can eat it. You can enjoy it. So it works together for good. What's the good? Point number one, with the good, with the sweet stuff, it's an opportunity to praise God. Isn't it great to stand up and say how good God is? To say God answered a prayer? To say God revealed something to me about my own life in a message or in a song. God used me to win someone to Christ. God called me to the ministry. God's allowing me to see things happen already. Guess what? Some of you, you, you don't need to wait, and I'm sure this is already spoken from the pulpit, but you don't need to wait to get into quote-unquote ministry to start serving God and seeing God do some amazing things in your life. 
you could see that now and to be able to stand back and to stand up and say, wow, look at what God did through me. Some of the benefits is that you will praise God like you've never praised him before because God will do some amazing things in your life. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So one good that comes out of it is when we get the sweet things from God, we can worship and praise him. But also, number two, when we get the quote-unquote bad things from God, now you said in quotations because we look at it as bad, God looks at it as good. When we look at those things, here, here are some thoughts that I, I put down. We, it's an opportunity to test your faith. We sing the song, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. And the fact of the matter is, you won't know how much you love Jesus until you're standing by a graveside of a loved one that you prayed for, for God to heal them, and he didn't. Then you will know how much you love God. So the bad things that happen to us in our life, that's to test us. That's to let God know. That's to let you know and to let others know how much you really love God. Another thing that, that, that comes out good from our trials is God positions us. You remember Joseph? Sold into slavery. He became second in command. And the same people that sold him into slavery is the same people he was able to help. Realize if he had never been sold into slavery, and we know there's other things, he was lied on, he was forgotten. If he had never gone through those things, he would have never made it to the palace. So in essence, he went from prison to the palace. And sometimes God is going to allow you to, to have some hurt and some pain, and you might be in a doctor's office, or you might be in some place, and the person that you're sitting in front of is the one that God has positioned you to be a light and a witness to. And you're sitting back saying, well, God, I didn't even know because you were looking at the problem instead of looking at the product. I think of, I think of that. I think of the other verse that the Bible uses in 2 Corinthians 12 when Paul was asking God to take away this thorn in the flesh. And God said, I'm not going to take away your problem. I'm going to give you my grace. Young people, let me tell you this, adults, all of us in here, I would be the first to tell you I don't like pain. But folks, you have to determine, do you want a pain-free life or a grace-filled life? I want the grace of God. And then the, other, the last thing I'll say, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, God allows us to go through trials so that he can comfort us. And then with that same comfort that we have, we can comfort other people. You said, nobody understands how I feel. I will tell you this. God, if you, if you handle this trial properly, properly, if you allow God to work things together, you will come across people. And all of a sudden now, you realize you didn't even know those amount, that amount of people existed. So my wife and I, we are desiring children. God has not granted us that yet, but we are anticipating and asking him and trusting him that he will. We've been married for 14 beautiful years. 
do you recognize now we know people who are going through the same struggle we went through and we never even thought about it? We, when I was growing up, there, there, was, there was people who, who may not have had children. When Mother's Day or Father's Day came around, you know what we would say? Next year. Now going through it, we don't say that. Because we have experienced, we are experiencing what they experienced. So we have a better way of understanding. For years, no one really, really close to me died. And in 2016, my dad passed away. I watched my dad take his last breath. And before 2016, when someone else had a loved one died, as a preacher and a minister, I had no idea how to help him. I didn't know. Let me just quote some scriptures. Uh, let me quote this verse. And they don't need you to quote a verse of scripture at that time. But when I go through that now and someone says, hey, I'm feeling so down. I just lost a loved one. And I could say, hey, I lost a loved one too. They're like, oh, really? And sometimes God allows us to go through some hurt and some pain so that we can encourage others who are going through hurts and pains. And the final product, the good that comes out of it is found in verse number 29 for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. I love what someone said. Someone said, God loves his son so much, he wants heaven to be filled with people who look just like him. That's what God wants. So when you think of the life of Jesus Christ, let me ask you, when you think of the life of Jesus Christ, did he only have honey and rhesus? No, he had people that cursed him, spit in his face, lie on him, rebuke him. But he also did have some times where people were healed and they praised him. So if we're supposed to be conformed to the image of his son, then we can't just expect all the good. We can't just expect all the bad. But we can expect that if we are to look like Jesus, the good and the bad works together. And that trial you're going through right now that no one at this college knows about because you're trying to be the strong one, you're trying to say how tough you are and that you can handle it, that trial you're going through, God's working it out. It might be for you that you just need to be humbled and cry on someone's shoulder and let them know what's going on. And those opportunities of ministry and, and what's going to happen this weekend and what's been happening here and how God's going to use you to preach a message or, or to serve him or, or to lead someone to Christ, all those good and bad things will work together for a finished product that will do one thing, give him glory. I don't wish bad things on any one of you. I wish I could say we're all going to be blessed and we just get blessings upon blessings. But I've been saved long enough to know that although I don't wish the bad on you, I know that it's necessary. But I'm looking at the finished product of what's going to happen. There was a man. His name was Horatio Spafford. He had a family of five, 
and a wife. In 1871, his son died, his only son died. And that same year, his business was lost in the Great Chicago Fire. Horatio and his family were supposed to travel from the U.S. to Europe. Back then, of course, they had these big ships, not airplanes and what have you. For whatever reason, Horatio couldn't make it, and so he told his wife and his four daughters to go. As those four ladies went, they hit, on the fourth day, they hit another ship. And all four of his daughters died. His wife was able to get to safety, and she relayed him this message. Saved alone. What do I do? Horatio, when he heard this, got on the next boat to head over. Four days into his journey, the captain called him up. And the captain said, this is the area where the two ships collided. This is the area where your daughters died. Horatio went and sat down and wrote these words. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when storms like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast caused me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. He had the joy of seeing five children. He had the sadness of all five dying. But he wrote a song that encourages us so much today. And my challenge to you is this. Are you at a place in your life, after recognizing that all things work together for good, are you at a place in your life where you can say, or you can barely say, but you want to say, it is well with my soul. And so today I'm going to just ask you to do this. If you need to cry out to God, if you need to talk to God, if you need to grab a professor, if you need to grab another student, if you need to do something, whatever the case is, and you say, I just need to talk with God and let him know, I understand now that all these things are working out. Not that, it's gonna, not that you're going to leave these doors and everything's going to be perfect, but that you're going to leave these doors understanding that the bad and the good work together. And would you this morning be sensitive to the Spirit of God and say, I want to just talk to God and tell him, help me to get to the point to say it is well, because all things work together for good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we don't like pain. I don't like pain. But God, your grace is sufficient. You're doing a work behind the scenes that we don't always see. God, I know that the students here today, some of the faculty, some of the visiting parents and others, might be going through some things today that none of us know about. But I pray that it would be well with their soul.